0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى اله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا الى يوم الدين اما بعد ولا تفرح بالرخاء فان الذهب يجرب بالنار وان العبد الصالح يجرب bala when you have prosperity don't exult and don't get too excited about it because gold Because gold is generally tested by fire. Tested by fire or you could say it is purified by fire. And likewise the righteous servant of Allah, the righteous slave is purified and tested through difficulties. So... He's saying that Wala tafrah bil when you have prosperity, when you think you have an opening and lots of things are available to you, then don't get too excited about that. Don't start thinking that you're actually close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if you are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just like gold which is considered to be very valuable. In the sight of the one who has gold, they consider it to be very valuable. And those who don't have it also consider it to be valuable. But how do you get gold that is very, very good? How are you going to make sure that your gold is the purest of the gold that's out there because gold comes in many different forms 24, 23 point something, 23 and goes down to 18 and 12 and so on as well So the way gold is tested is generally through burning it Extreme heat is applied and it causes the gold and any other components that are mixed to it to melt and then to separate, through their different weights, is a procedure that they use, and it's put back in a few times to make sure that it's purified completely until they get what they call 24 carats of gold. Likewise, a servant, a righteous servant of Allah, is also tested through difficulties, and the more difficulty, the more burning that goes through the gold, the gold uh, as much burning as it goes through. That's how much more purified it can become. Likewise, with the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's the same kind of thing. That's why it is a narration that is related from Imam Hakim, by Imam Hakim in his Mustadrak, which uh, Imam Zahabi has also considered to be a Sahih narration. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَيُجَرِّبُ أَحَدَكُمْ بِالْبَلَاءِ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِهِ كَمَا يُجَرِّبُ أَحَدُكُمْ ذَهَبَهُ بِالنَّارِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests each one of you Or tests some of you With difficulties With tests, trials Challenges And he is well aware of how he's doing this So it never goes out of hand Now Sometimes you may put somebody under a test situation And then you walk off And then uh, the, the It gets out of hand Because you were supposed to switch it off At a particular time Or you were supposed to bring it back in the joke was supposed to have stopped but then no your test continues and it goes it goes out of proportion no with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he knows exactly how he's doing it it's very measured he is never negligent of it it's completely calculated just like one of you uh, may be using his gold and taking it through the same kind of process so anyway the result that you get out of that gold and thus by extension you should consider that to be the extension of, of the servants as well is faminhummayakhruju ibriz some of you will come out as absolutely pure gold that's dhahab ibriz that's pure gold absolute gold and who is that person what is the sign of such a person fa ta'ala min uh, such a person is the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects from all evil deeds. That's the person who is the most khalis and pure. But then there are others who come out to be gold, but they're of a slightly inferior degree to the purest form. Fa so that is uh, somebody who has a slight bit of doubt his conviction is not there yet his hundred percent his conviction is not there but there is also some that comes out as black gold uh, it doesn't refer to oil here right? because today that's called black gold but this means that it's not as pure it's mixed. that is the one that's still challenged. Um, The other day we read something very interesting about yaqeen Conviction What Ibn al-Jawzi says about yaqeen is that Anything that you associate with in the zahir, in the apparent world Anything that you see around you All of that is zahir All of that is apparent So what he says is that anything that you see around you, that's going to be apparent And what you see with your eyes is going to give you a lot more conviction Because you are experiencing it not just with your belief with your heart but you're actually seeing it you can feel it you can touch it you can sense it (coughs) and the akhirat issues they are always going to be weaker for the person who is more focused on the zahir however any person who's able to develop his yaqeen then his conviction can get to such a level that they can be actually more stronger they can have greater They can have a greater reliance on the ghaib and the unseen than you will eventually have even on the seen afterwards. That's how powerful yaqeen is. Like, can you imagine that? You know, Generally, we, gen- uh, we, we think that anything that you can see, that, that is what we would have the greatest conviction in. But what Ibn al-Jawzi is saying is that if you can develop your yaqeen on the unseen, that can actually prove to be stronger than your belief in the seen eventually. And, and that's quite clear, because if you develop our yaqeen that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is behind everything, that's what He means by the unseen. It doesn't mean mythical issues, He means real issues with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the reality of the world. Then, you will, then that is why you see the great people like the Prophet and others just putting away what's in front of them for what's to come afterwards. It has that ability, though on the face of it, it doesn't seem likely, because you would think that whatever you have in front of you is stronger. But when you actually ponder over what you have in front of you, everything is going to perish. So you can't have yaqeen in it. And it fails many of the times. It doesn't come to our assistance on numerous occasions. Whereas when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can develop enough yaqeen there because you see the benefit coming from there. And he says, a simple example He gives for this. Like if you want to understand the difference between the two, <coughs> he says, go to a shopping mall. He doesn't use the word mall. He says, go to the sukh, the market. But basically today, the market, who goes to markets, they all go to malls today, right? You go to a mall and you see all the glitter. As soon as you get in, the the music carries you, right? It's just a lot of research has undergone, you know, a a lot of studies have been done on these malls. As soon as you go in, the way everything is set up, it's to extract your money and to give you that false sense of excitement and euphoria. So the music starts carrying you from there, all the glit, uh, all the glitter and everything that you see in the shop windows beckons you inside. And then it makes you part with your money, feeling like you are getting some kind of bliss of this world. He says, do that and see how you feel with the world. See what happens to your heart. And then he says, go to a graveyard and just reflect there for half an hour about where people have gone and where you're going to go. And you will see, وَبَيْنَهُمَا فَرْقٌ That's what he says. You will see a clear distinction between the two feelings. That just shows you the feeling of this. That shows you the feeling of this. And then basically what he's saying is that, which feeling do you want to be in? Which is beneficial for you? Because that one, while it may be boring, and it doesn't have the immediate ecstasy that it provides, but that is what the reality of our life will be towards the end. So he says to do this test, and see how you feel about this, and then to keep that in mind. So, though we're going to be living in the world, but we need to have in our mind that let's not attach ourselves too much to it. Ibn al Qayyim, Rahimahullah, he says in his fawa'id that whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for Jannah, man lil liljannati, lam tazal hadayaha tatihi min al makarihi, Ya Allah. Then Whoever Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has created for paradise, His gifts. Whoever Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has created for paradise, His gifts will come through difficulties. Not a very, not not a very exciting thought, is it? Right? Allah grant us aafiyah because you know, we don't seem to have uh, an ability to to go through this. But that's what He says. Waman Nari lam tazal hadayahu min and whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for the hellfire, meaning whoever he knows who's going to go to the hellfire, his gifts, they come through lustful things, desirous things, things that give you, give you that initial happiness and satisfaction. But our, the, the thing is that difficulties, making salat, fasting, abstaining from haram things around you, all of that is difficulties. So, doing all of that, you will be given your gifts. Whereas anybody who is not made for the hereafter, they can focus on the shahawat and that is where they will continue to get their excitement from because they won't have any excitement from the other side. So the way I look at it is not trying to it's not necessarily stating a fact of that you're going to be put into difficulty. But it's saying that undergo your difficulties, which we have to do for our deen, that's the difficulties I'm speaking about. Of abstaining from the harans, things that we wanna do, you can't do it. Make your salat, your Saum, and everything else that we have surrounding it. That's how you that's your source of gifts. illa You can only he says you will not acquire what you intend except by abandoning things that your heart lusts for basically things that you are desirous of, worldly things that you're desirous of. If you, you will not gain your ultimate maqsood and objective unless you're willing to sacrifice. If you're not willing to sacrifice, then you won't get your eventual goal. And the reason of that is very clear, because then you will be distracted, you will waste your resources in those kind of things, your time will be spent up in acquiring those things, and then you'll be left, o- left out with what's in front of you. That's why sacrifices are so necessary. You will never reach that which you hope for, that which is your ambition. You will not reach your ambition except by making sabr on what you are what you find undesirable. Whatever you find undesirable, you will have to be patient on that to get your objective because there's nothing in this world that is in complete smooth sailing. Everything requires some kind of difficulty, some kind of obstacle to overcome, some kind of barrier to, to go around. And you have to do all those things. If you stop at the first barrier, the first obstacle that comes and it puts, off, puts you off, then you can't get beyond that. That's just the way it is. If you want to get somewhere, you have to go to it. bima aradak bihi. You need to be satisfied with what Allah has intended for you. You have to be satisfied with what Allah has intended for you. Ibn Mas'udradi Allah says that Be satisfied with what Allah has divided for you. What Allah has allotted for you and you will be the wealthiest of people. This explains what he said earlier, is be satisfied with what Allah intends for you. Actually, rather than what Allah intends for you, what Allah has intended for you. Because what this is speaking about is that if Allah has placed you in a certain situation, for example, somebody has a disability, somebody cannot see properly, somebody doesn't have enough money, somebody doesn't have access to resources, and he looks at others because generally you either look at somebody who does and you start feeling much worse. Because it's all about status. If I feel that I've got less than you because you drive a better car than I do. So I've got less than you because I can't get the same car that you have. And I start feeling bad about it. Then that's going to cause us great, huge depression. It's obvious he's going to cause huge depression. But... If I have a car that I drive, it's not as good as your car, but I'm satisfied because it takes me from point A to B, it doesn't give me any problems, alhamdulillah. So that's why be satisfied with what Allah has intended for you, that's what he's speaking about. You don't know the future, but you know what's now, so at least be content with what you have right now. That's why Ibn Mas'ud said that whatever Allah has allotted for you, that's your status. That's where you are, that's where you live that's what you have, then be satisfied with that and you will be the wealthiest of people because wealth is not counted, wealth is not evaluated by the money amount of money you have but by what you do in your life and what you're satisfied with. And there is just so much truth to this that it's unbelievable, unbelievable because We look at other people who seem to have the outward glitter of this world. They seem to have everything at their disposal. And you think they must be so happy because they have everything. That's just a misplaced perspective. Ask the people who these people consult about their problems. They have all of the wealth in the world, but believe me, when you sit down with them, I'm not saying all of them, but many of them, when you sit down with them, you see the troubles that they have to go through because of what they have. There's very few people who have so much unless they're in a very special situation that Allah has given them a particular type of ability, right, uh, to to give back, right, to make them satisfied, they're, they're not gonna be satisfied. They're not gonna be satisfied. You know, subhanAllah, that Allah makes you happy at your stage, at your status with what you have, that is the ultimate success. It can't be any greater success than that, that you, have only so much, but you are satisfied with that. And if you just abstain from what Allah has made prohibited for you, then you will be the most scrupulous among people. You will have the what they call the the characteristic of wara. Wara means abstention from uh, things that are unbecoming of a person that are unfavorable for a person. Just abstain from the harams of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you will be the in nas. wa addi alayka takun min a'badin nas and then just do ada, just, just fulfill and complete what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made farḍ on you and you will be considered one of the greatest devotees of Allah. That's what Allah wants from us. Fulfill the faraid, abstain from the harams. Be satisfied with what Allah has given you. You've got your deen, your dunya, and your akhirat, all sorted. Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah, says in his I'lam al Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is owed by every single person a servitude, slavehood, obedience according to his level. According to his or her level, everybody owes that much Ubudiyyah to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. He doesn't require from us. Remember this. He doesn't require from us ubudiyyah like that of Rasulullah sallallahu Rasulullah sallallahu level of ubudiyyah is something different, which he has to do, and he does. He did, based on his level of understanding and his ma'rifah. <coughs> This is aside from the universal or the general, the generic amount of devotion that is required from everybody because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made everybody equal in that regard. So there's a certain level that everybody has to do to be considered a Muslim and a slave of Allah to qualify for that category. Then after that, it depends on each person's individual circumstance. Jibreel's Ubudiyyah is not something that is called from us. That's a whole different category. بَعثَ بَعثَ for example, for the alim, he has to do a certain level of servitude which is different from that of an ignorant person. A person who is not an alim. What is that? that is spreading the Sunnah propagating the Sunnah and knowledge which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent his messenger with so whoever's an alim they have to that's their responsibility additional Ubudiya over and above the generic amount that everybody has to do (coughs) now who's an alim an alim everybody is an alim according to their level Right. meaning Otherwise, what is an alim? Right? How much is a noah? If you know that you have to make salat and that it's obligatory upon you and it comes from the Quran and Sunnah, you're an alim. That's your level. Now, anybody who knows more than that, they've read Sahih al Bukhari as well and read many, many hadith and tafsir as well, then they are a higher alim. Now, in our society, the formal alim is who studied. For a certain number of years, and he studied this, that, and the other book. In some communities, it's somebody who has ijazat and transmissions in these particular subjects. So that's what you call a formalized alim. But an alim is a person who knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's different levels in that. And according to that level, that is how much you have to do. And in doing this, in spreading this, you're also going to have to undertake some sovereign patience. You can't do it without sabr and patience. Without struggles, without setbacks, without some maybe rudeness that may come to you. So you have to undergo these things. You have to take out time and do these things. That's also sabr. Then you have the Hakim. Hakim is anybody who's in a position of responsibility. A person who's in charge of something, an administrator. His ubudiyyah is اقامة الحق و تنفيده و الزامه من هو عليه به. Which means that he has to establish the truth, he has to keep the balance right, he has to act with fairness, he has to implement these things, and he has to try to impose it on those that he has the right to impose it over. Was sabr ala and to get this done, there's going to be there has to be perseverance, there has to be sacrifice in that regard. Well, jihadi ma al mufti. He also has to undertake jihad this is not something that the mufti has to do his job is different so everybody has an additional level of ubudiya أَدَاءُ الْحُ... أَدَاءُ مَا and the person who's wealthy he, he has a level of ubudiya which means that he has to fulfill the rights of the extra wealth that he has that a poor person does not have وعلى القادر على الأمر بالمعروف عن المنكر بيده ولسانه ما ليس على العاجز فيهما. and the person who has the ability to enjoin the truth and prohibit the evil using his hands and his tongue, then he has more responsibility and عبودية than a person who is عاجز. than a person who doesn't have the same ability. وتكلم يحيى بن معاذ الرازي يوما في الجهاد والامر بالمعروف والنهي عن المنكر يحيى بن معاذ الرازي day he was speaking with reference to jihad and amr al-ma'ruf wa nahi an al-munkar فقال له إِمْرَأَةٍ a woman said to him هذا واجب قد وضع عنا تعني معشر النساء this is one of those wujub one of those obligations that we have been exempted with meaning the women have been exempted with the, from these things صلاح 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 he set her right he said yes okay consider that maybe weapons of the hand and tongue have been you've been exempted from that which means that you don't have you are not obligated to use those but using the weapon of your heart which means to do amal maruf and jihad with your heart which means to think things are right and so on that's still your responsibility isn't it so she said you're absolutely right jazakallah khayrun wakad gharra iblis kathira al khalki gharra iblis kathira min khalki bi an <laughs> Iblis has deceived a number of people, huge amounts of people, by making by making beautiful in their sight only certain types of worship. For example, just dhikr, Just continue to do muraqabah, that's it. Just continue to sit and do tasbih. Or just sit and do Quran reading, or Salat, or Sawm, or some kind of Zuhd in dunya, like just forget the world. al-ubudiyat. But these عُبُودِيَّات that we mentioned that every person has according to their status, propagating the knowledge for the alim the and spending according, uh, accordingly for the wealthy person and so on and so forth, then these things they stop doing. They stop even telling themselves to do it. We're, this is what we're doing and it's big enough. That's why the deen is so complicated in that sense. You have to be balanced. They don't even speak to themselves, they don't even tell themselves that they must do this. According to the warathatul anbiya, the these people they actually have nothing of the deen they they don't they haven't understood the Dean because the Dean is actually what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded you to do and that means all of these things he's saying that the one who abandons the hukuk of Allah the rights of Allah that are wajib on him he is in a worse state according to Allah and his messenger than the one who commits some sins for not doing what we're supposed to do subhanallah can you imagine what kind of shortcomings we have in that regard we're worse than the person who's committing sins يُشَارُ إِلَيْهِمْ بِالدِّينِ أَيْ مِنْ أُولَٰئِكَ الْمُتَزَهِّدِينَ الْمُنْقَطِعِينَ هُمْ أَقَلُّ النَّاسِ نُصْرَةً لِدِينِ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ الْمُسْتَعَانَ Anybody who has some experience with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the sunnah upon which his he and his his uh, his, uh, his ashab, his companions were, they will realize that a lot of things that we call the deen <coughs> Or what we've confined the deen to or restricted the deen to meaning from those people who are wannabe Zahids right who are cut away from the real commands of Allah then they are the people who are the least in assistance of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and only Allah we can seek assistance from wa ayyu dinin wa ayyu khayrin fi man yara maharim allahi tuntahak wa hududahu tudaa wa deenuhu yutrak wa sunnat rasuli sallallahu alaihi wasallam yuraghhabu anhu wa huwa baridun bil kalb sorry wa huwa baridun wa baridul qalbi sakitul lisaani shaytan akhras he says what deen what goodness what virtue is in the one who sees that the limits of allah are being transgressed and violated his limits are being violated, transgressed. His deen is being abandoned. The sunnah of his messenger وسلم, is turned away from. And he is cool hearted still. There's no boiling in the heart. Silent in his tongue. He is a dumb shaitan. Shaitanun akhras. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an understanding. Uh, of the completeness of our deen and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us an ability to rectify our shortcomings wherever they are because clearly we all have some kind of shortcoming here and there may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that ability Allahumma salli ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina muhammad ubarik wa sallim Allahumma andhi salam wa min salam tabariki adha al jalali wal ikram jazallahu anna muhammad wa ahlahu wa Allah accept our du'as O Allah, accepting our gathering here, O Allah, the little bit of dhikr that we do, O Allah, we ask you to accept it. O Allah, we ask you to make it our source of connection to you, our source of becoming closer to you. O Allah, we ask you for your closeness. O Allah, we ask you for your closeness, even though we're so far, we ask you for your closeness. O Allah, we ask for purity from you, we ask for god fearingness. we ask for taqwa. Allah, we ask you to forgive our sins. O Allah, forgive our sins. O Allah, forgive our wrongdoings. O Allah, forgive our excesses. O Allah, forgive our negligence. Oh Allah, forgive our heedlessness. O Allah, forgive our inattentiveness to you. O Allah, we ask you for the love from you. O Allah, fill our hearts with your love. Fill our hearts with your light. O Allah, grant us your love and the love of those whose love. Will benefit us in your court. O oh Allah, we ask you to fill our hearts with your obedience and the love of your obedience. O oh Allah, and the hatred of your disobedience. O oh Allah, make this easy for us. O oh Allah, allow us to fulfill whatever responsibilities we should be fulfilling. O oh Allah, whatever is our individual state of ubudiyah, oh O Allah, allow us to fulfill that state. O oh Allah, grant us the greatest benefit in that state. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, we ask you to guide us aright, to show us the truth as the truth and allow us to follow it, to show us the wrong as the wrong and allow us to abstain from it. O oh Allah, whatever little we may be doing, O oh Allah, we ask you to accept that fully. And O oh Allah, we ask you to increase us, to enhance us, and to also reach out to those areas that we are also responsible for. O oh Allah, we ask you to make us complete believers. O oh Allah, we ask you. To make us of those who are completely on your path Who are who, who are fulfilling the rights of servitude That is required from each one of us Oh Allah, make us of those who are following the sunnah of your messenger O oh Allah, whatever obstacles are in our path We ask you to remove them Whatever difficulties we may be facing We ask you to remove them Oh Allah, whatever confusions we may have O oh Allah, whatever doubts we may have, we ask you to remove them and grant us full yaqeen in your way. O oh Allah, oh Allah, we ask you to grant us Jannatul Firdaus. We ask you to grant us Jannatul Firdaus and make all of the stages of the hereafter easy for us. O oh Allah, we ask you to bless all our our marhoomeen, all those who have passed before us. O Allah, we ask you to give them a high status in your sight. O Allah, O Allah, we ask you for assistance. We ask you to protect us and our children and our progeny until the Day of Judgment from all of the challenges that are out there. All those that are currently there and those that may come up. We ask you for afiyah. O Allah, we ask you for protection. We ask you for protection and afiyah. And O Allah, grant us the ability to make tawbah and to repent to you, to return to you from all of the sins that we've committed in the past. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, whatever mistakes we have made, we ask you to forgive those as well. And O oh Allah, we ask you for beneficial knowledge. O oh Allah, we ask you to grant us beneficial knowledge. And O oh Allah, a hayat tayyiban in this world. And falah oh fil akhirah O Allah, we ask that you bless all of our muhsineen, our teachers. O oh Allah, all those who have assisted us Oh, all those who have assisted us, O oh, Allah, grant us and grant them sincerity. O oh, Allah, bless all those who expect us to make du'a for them. O oh, Allah, O oh, Allah, we ask you to fulfill our du'as and the du'as of those who have asked us to make du'a for them. O oh, Allah, O oh, Allah, we ask that you grant us one more thing, which is that you give abundant blessings to your messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi and grant us his company in the hereafter.